Hello, friends. It's time for a masterful episode 67 of Three Point Podcast and a tradition unlike any other. Tiger Woods, 5th Masters, 15th Major. Wow, what great stuff. Three Point Podcast, that's our take on sports and pop culture from three different generations. I'm the old man, Ted Fatella, Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5 Radio in our Three Point Podcast studios here in Owasso, Michigan. Middle child Matt Burns checks in by phone from ESPN in Charlotte, North Carolina. And on the other line from West Michigan is our residential millennial, Jared Fatel of Grand Valley State University and Fox 17 in Grand Rapids. Our advertising partners include Advanced Elevator, Sheridan Realty and Auction Company, Rivals Tap House and Grill, The Corona Connection, and Card Service Michiana. And we want to welcome our new teammates tonight, Sports Radio Detroit and Midwest Sports Network. More on that in the pod. We're going to get it rolling right after these messages from our Three Point Podcast partners. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. 85, 90, 95, 100. Looking for items to buy or sell? Look no further than SheridanAuctionService.com. We will solve your problem. Bring Sheridan Realty and auction your items and we will market them all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy items, we can help with that too. Call today, 989-720-SELL. It's fast, easy, and we get results. SheridanAuctionService.com. Buy or sell, we'll get it done for you. Call 989-720-SELL. You'll do better with Sheridan. You kind of caught me off guard there, uh, Ted, with your, was that your Jim Nance? <laughs> My weak imitation, yes. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. Guys, where were you when Tiger came back? What a moment. What an event. What a story. I mean, honestly, like, pinch me, am I dreaming? I've never had that moment before where I honestly felt like I was watching something that was just so surreal in regards to just sports. I mean, it had to be the Masters when Tiger finally won his 15th major. What a moment. And I have to say this. I will admit, it was an amazing moment, but right when it happened, and as soon as he went and hung his uh, son, Charlie, I immediately thought of you two guys. Yeah. It's got to be a pain not to be able to have a son, you know, that could that you could have such a warm embrace. I mean, that moment made me melt. Him <laughs> and his son, everything Tiger's been through. I mean, who the hell am I? If Tiger can come back from the DUI, all the surgeries, then I think I can go to my 8 a.m. class, you know, after a night, a night of drinking. He has inspired me. I don't. I think this is the happiest I've been. This is the happiest I've been in a really long time, guys. Yeah, I it, love it. it. It was quite an event. I wish I could have watched all of it today. I had a few family uh, responsibilities I had to take care of, but I did get home in time uh, to watch the last three holes. I listened to a couple on radio heading home. Uh, you know, it, it is just fantastic. Obviously, for the sports world in general, just amazing. You know, his his first major since when? Two thousand and eight. Incredible. Yeah, first major since 08, his first Masters since 2005. And it's, it's crazy. We tweeted it out from our three-point pod, uh, at three-point pod on Twitter. That first Masters for him was in 1997. Wow. Ted, you were in, in the prime of your life as a sports guy. I yep. was only this 12-year-old kid 
Tiger Woods was the reason that I got into golf. I mean, I would I remember watching golf uh, a little bit. Like my dad would turn it on sometimes on Sunday. You know, I remember watching a little bit, and I remember going maybe a couple times with my dad, and my brother. But it wasn't really like a huge deal, you know. But as a 12 year old, when Tiger Woods started winning, started you know. I don't know, revitalizing golf, I guess, or bringing a whole different feel to the golf world. I mean, as a 12-year-old kid, I was in. I went and joined a league at Corona Hills that summer. I mean, it was, it was awesome. And in 97, Jared, you weren't even born. So, like, it's just crazy to think that, like, that he, how many, like, generations, I guess, that has, have gone through. And then to hear, like, Jared, that reaction you just had at how awesome it was for you to see that. I mean, you, I mean, you were like a young kid growing up when Tiger was in his prime and he was just dominating. So... You know, it's really cool, and, you know, everyone has their different feelings on, you know, or opinions on Tiger Woods, but it's just a strictly sports moment. I mean, that's got to be up there with one of the best sports moments of all time, maybe like the miracle on ice, you know? Matt, we don't have to get into the off-the-course stuff, and I'll even say this. I'm fine with the off-the-course stuff. He's paid his penance. You saw the moment he had with his kids. It seems like he's, you know, kind of just completely changed as a person. You hear it from all the time, people who are on the PJ Tour with him, that he's completely different than he was before everything kind of fell apart. I don't want to get off on a tangent, but you've kind of turned full circle because there are certain athletes that you do hold that stuff against them, Jared, isn't there? Who are, who are you referencing? I feel like you're setting me up for a punchline here. Who are you referencing? Uh, uh, one of Matt's favorites, Kobe Bryant. Yeah, you know, I am going to hold it against Kobe Bryant. It's different. Kobe Bryant's not Tiger. I don't like th- okay. the, the, the Fair big enough. difference here, Ted, the big difference here, do I like Kobe Bryant? No. Do I like Tiger? Yes, he's one of my favorite athletes. So I will... I'm willing to push that under the rug. And maybe that's not fair. Maybe that's biased. But here it is. That's my thought process. I don't like Kobe. That's why. Man, how about you just in Tiger fans and my just one of the happiest moments of life, you're coming at me trying to say, you know what, just, I will remember this when we get to Ted Entertainment tonight. Well, but you just got to remember, I, I have to kind of keep uh, keep an even keel here on facts that are, that are facts. You know, you said you're okay just throwing stuff under the rug. You don't care about Tiger's past dealings. I don't want to rain on that parade, but I also want you to realize you're picking and choosing, which is fine. That's your right. Yeah, I think there is a side, like, if you're just, like, a fan because I, I have talked to some people about that and there's obviously a lot on Twitter right now uh, or you know Facebook whatever people talking about how can you cheer for Tiger Woods or you know it's crazy to see everyone like glorifying this guy when five whatever eight seven years ago you know there was a completely different opinion I guess of Tiger Woods and you know my thing is like to that point what you guys are talking about the thing that I think about with Tiger Woods is he basically was just a bad husband, you know, like we don't know everything that went on, obviously, but he wasn't, you know, when you talk about Kobe and what he was charged with, that was dropped. Two different things for sure. Right. Two, two different things. I mean, you know, the people who are there's domestic violence or sexual assault or, you know, like, you know, their robbery or even like worse stuff than that, like criminal stuff where they could actually go to jail. You know, that's not necessarily what Tiger was doing. He just got a little out of control with the ladies and he was a, pretty terrible husband you know so like to hear people say like i can't root for tiger woods sometimes i'm like well who do you root for in sports or who do you root for in you know who are you a fan of in movies tv shows or politicians or whatever because i'm sure all those people probably don't have a clean slate either you know right so like yeah if you if you want to say you know you're not a fan of tiger you can't support him you know that's fine <laughs> you know it's perfectly fine but i tiger woods the golfer I mean, I just, it takes me back to as a kid watching golf when he grew, you know, when I was growing up watching him play. And he changed the sport. So, Tiger Woods, the golfer, I mean, he's he's the best of all time. Without a doubt. And I think the majority yeah, Ted, people agree. Yeah, Ted, 
How dare you? <laughs> so he has an addiction that he battles with every day that he has to live with. All right, this isn't this is to, to, to compare that to the, the situation that Kobe Bryant did allegedly. That's just not even fair of you. It, it's 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 uh, your it's like your old timey thoughts. You know, sexual addiction. It's been it's come out. It's a thing. It, people go to therapy for it. Oh, it's, you, yeah, that's a joke, Jared. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Every male has that addiction. Are you kidding well, me? Let me ask you that. Some can you're, control you it, though. Here. You want to sit here and hate on Tiger Woods. I didn't can say I just, that. I bring, I, Jared, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I, I wasn't hating on Tiger Woods. I was pointing out a little hypocrisy coming from you. Two different things. First of all, I'm as happy as anybody Tiger Woods won. On top of that... I'm all about redemption. You're, I, I'm okay. I forgive the guy. If, if his family forgives him and now he's at the top of the mountain, great. I'm a Tiger, Foot, Tiger Woods fan. I just wanted to point out that you were saying it didn't matter about any of his past when you have had a problem with that with other people, and I understand also two different scenarios. I think this might be a, a more of a good comparison uh, to Tiger. And that's Magic Johnson and his behavior that cost him his his career, his reputation for a long time, and contracted HIV for the same sort of behavior that Tiger had. I guess the thing that just bothers me about people who like mock that is you can't put yourself in his shoes. I mean, imagine being Tiger Woods, where everyone, everyone is throwing themselves at you. Like, and I and I know that we all like to say, like, you know, I wouldn't do that, but I don't know what I would do if I was in his shoes. Oh, that's a tremendous. It'd be, it'd be extremely. It'd be extremely tempting. That's a tremendous I, topic to discuss because I, you know, what's funny? We had that discussion years and years ago. My wife and I, and other men and women, and we all were pretty much in agreement. Boy, that's a tough one with the way that you know they're in that scenario, and hottest chicks in the world are throwing themselves at them. You know, I mean, yeah, you're right. You don't know what you're going to do in no, in you're in those shoes. What was this event that you was this like a swingers party or something? What was this event where that was the topic of conversation? No, no, not, not a swingers party. Just uh, probably a dinner with friends. When when the Magic Johnson thing came on, that obviously was before your time. That was as huge as it gets as far as a news story. That that wasn't an overnight news cycle. That was a, a couple of years news cycle. Yeah, especially, I mean, with, with as big of a figure, I guess, as Magic Johnson is and, and in, in Michigan, you know, having gone to Michigan State oh. and everything. I can only imagine. I was really young when that happened, so I don't, I don't really remember that. But that's why, like, I, we always talk about some, like, friends and I, we always talk about Derek Jeter. Right. Like, the perfect example of, like, I, I feel like he did it right. He was the captain. He was the captain of the New York Yankees. I mean, if there's anything, I mean, that's, a, that's the level of, like, what Tiger Woods was, really. And he waited until after his career was done, to settle down and get married. Because I don't know if he saw it that way, that, like, man, I better not get married because it's going to be really hard to stay faithful and everything. But, right, it would be hard. And it's easy, you know, to sit back and judge these guys and call them terrible husbands or, you know, whatever you want to do. But, you know, it, it would be tough, you know, to be in their situation and, you know, not <laughs> – not slip up once or twice, I we're guess. Not, we're, we're not there. a rabbit hole here. Yeah, I didn't mean to send you down on that with uh, with what happened with Tiger. Let's make it more positive, and it was just an incredible story for sure. The thing, too, is like what Jared said about him, like walking right over and hugging his kids. And, you know, then obviously CBS starts cutting in with, you know, his first major, his dad was there and he hugged his dad. So he goes from, right. you know, hugging his dad after his first Masters to now hugging his kids after this one. Um, his mother was at you, both. Yeah, his, his 
mom was there, you know, some friends and other stuff, and, you know, a bunch of players were sitting there waiting for him to give him, you know, congrats and everything. And I, you could almost tell, I was wondering, I started thinking, like, the 17th, 18th hole, I was like, man, what's he going to do when he knocks that putt in to win? Are, are we going to get the classic Tiger fist pump? Is he just going to, you know, he's a little older now, so is he just going to, like, tip his cap? And you could, like, that reaction, man, I, I can't even imagine – what like weight off his shoulders? Yeah, monkey off his back. Whatever you want to say. When he just went nuts like that, I can't imagine. Like when he he almost sunk that birdie putt to win. Back it like his heart must have been like just going crazy when he almost sunk that putt. All pressure. Yeah, yeah, I saw it on Twitter. He is he is the king of celebrating, Matt. I mean, he is just the king. I mean, all over Twitter you see the photo of him screaming with his arms up. It's just incredible. But you guys never did answer my original question that I opened up with this. And, and I don't want. And I'm just kind of being honest. I guess this is probably more pointed to you, Ted, okay. because Matt Matt's got Matt's got a little bit more like blood in his loins. Where I guess if he wanted the sun, <laughs> he still could. But like, does that ever do? You, how often do you think about that? No, no. Like when you see I, a moment like that, a I child's a child. I mean, you know, daughters, but. nah, nah. I'm fi- I'm fine with it. I've got great nephews. You know, two yeah, out you of th- two out of the three from your dad's family. I know what you're saying, Jared. I mean, I think every guy maybe at least has that thought. But right to Ted's point, I mean, you're happy with whatever kid that you have. Uh, and say, I've I've got a bunch of nephews too that. I ever want to coach him up or try and you know pass anything down I can do that but I know what you mean I mean that you know every dad I think especially if you play sports you know you you picture being like a t-ball coach and you know throwing passes out in the yard or whatever but you can do all that stuff with your daughter too so that's right so it's like I don't know about you guys but this moment it's like this was like the peak of the mountain in sports moments you know I don't know I'm kind of like narcissist in the fact like as soon as it happened I was like you know I kind of like the like chase more than it actually like happening i don't know if anything i had goosebumps that whole the whole all sunday and, and i just had like butterflies in my stomach i haven't had that feeling since like lebron in game seven of the 2016 finals and it's just i guess what is sad about it is i don't know will anything ever give me that rush again when i'm watching sports maybe like a Lions super bowl i don't know is that something that you guys have ever thought about that's a good that's a good question and you're a, a good analogy too i mean i would be that same way if the Lions in my lifetime ever did win a Super Bowl, that, that'd be a good comparison. And, and you're right, the chase for him to win a Masters again, win a, win a major again, you know, now what do you look forward to in golf, right? Yeah, I guess you, I mean, the next majors, you want to see how, what he can do now. Now, can he do the <laughs> true know, grand slam? the health, you know, his back and everything holds up. But, you know, yeah, is he going to win some more majors now? I mean, he's got this, like we just said, he got, got this monkey off his back, so what's he going to do now? But, yeah, I think, man... I think a Lions, if the Lions were in the Super Bowl, I, I don't know, that, that whole day building up to the Super Bowl would be tough. Tough, like, in a good way. I mean, it'd be, like, excitement and goosebumps, like you said. But, man, that, it was, I was watching it the same way, Jared. I was watching it and just I was locked in and excited. And I was honestly, like, through up until 12 where, like, you know, everything kind of changed and, you know, there were a bunch of bogeys and a bunch of movement around the 12th hole. I didn't I honestly didn't think it was going to happen because – he wasn't, like, gaining ground, and Molinari, he was just, like, steady Eddie type of guy, just, like, keeping the lead. But then when, like, all that stuff happened at 12 and he tied it up and everything, I, I was like, man, is this really going to happen? Tiger, he never blinked, Matt. That was what was so – that's just what makes Tiger, Tiger, Tiger. He never – until the very end, he never really showed any emotion whatsoever. And, and it was like, I had to pee, like you said, you were just kind of glued to the TV. I had to pee for like an hour, but I, I just couldn't move. And then when, when the Masters was over, and they just played like a replay of the match, like, 
you know when sometimes you're just like so shocked you just like kind of forget to change the channel i was literally watching that replay for about an hour until i realized like i didn't change the channel and it's just ugh, you just the masters never disappoints it never ever disappoints it's the best there's without a doubt it is the best and you know uh, Matt, you brought it up in your Twitter post, and it brings up a really good topic for our three generations look at Tiger and the world of golf in general. You know, when I when I was young, guys, this is so lame. When I was young, golf was on every weekend, but it was you know it was presented by Shell Oil, and you know you had you had Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicklaus were really the studs in those days, and then you got a little excitement with Lee Trevino came into the fold and, and played very well and some of the other you know stars of that uh, that generation but then when 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 Tiger came on the scene and won that 97 masters and he went on that roll of uh, majors that that's the greatest I think you know what was it I don't know six seven years that golf has ever seen I think Tiger mania I mean if you just talk about individual dominance because I mean there were other guys in there too like VJ Singh Phil Mickelson Phil like, yeah David Duvall had a few years there, too. But, like, it was just straight-up dominance by Tiger Woods. And it was a whole – I mean, if they got you back into golf a little more, yeah. got, like, my generation, young kids going out to the golf course. Because, I mean, like I said, I, I mean, I was, like, casually watching, you know, when my dad would type of thing. But, like, it wasn't – you know, golf wasn't very big in school. You know, our, our like, the golf program wasn't, like, a big deal. It was, you know, mostly about football and Corona. You know, even like around the area, it didn't seem like golf, like golf programs were that big of a deal. Next thing you know, I mean, I know all my friends were joining golf leagues in the summer or at least getting golf lessons or really getting into golf. So it really changed things. And then, yeah, Jared's generation, I mean, when you guys, when you got old enough to like watch golf, that was when Tiger was dominating. So that's like what it was. So it is crazy to think about it in that way. Yeah, what's your earliest memories, Jared, of uh, of Tiger? Was it? Did you see much of his success before no. he had his his short downfall? There. No, that's what I mean. I I would have I would have been ten years old when the car crashed. That's happened. what I thought. And, you know, back when I was you know six, seven, eight, I watched a lot of cartoons. I wasn't like a huge <laughs> sports fan, but I just remember. And for those who don't like, I grew up I grew up right across the street from the Corona Hills Golf Course, and that was pretty much where me and my friends and my brothers spent our summers. My parents would get a family membership, and we would basically golf every single day. And I remember just the, the, like how big Tiger was even to me when he wasn't necessarily winning as much as he was maybe when Matt was a kid. Is this, this kid that we used to play with in the Corona Golf League, similar to the one Matt probably played in. He had a Nike Sasquatch driver, and... We just, it was like the coolest thing in the world. We just like would touch it. We'd, we'd like ask if we could take one swing with it because it was the same exact driver that the Tiger Woods used. <laughs> and it's just, that's just how much he just kind of, that was like the, another big takeaway I had from today. Twitter, I've never seen Twitter more all like rowing in the same direction, all positive. Everything was about Tiger. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Matt, you mentioned earlier, like maybe Facebook was a bit more negative, but I've never seen Twitter that way. So just like remember how it is right now because it'll never be this good again. Never. It did seem like it was mostly on the positive side for Tiger. I mean, I, I I did see a few people saying the whole, like I said earlier, how can you root for this guy? But right, for the most part, it was talking about the moment for golf, for Tiger, the comeback, and everything like that. It is crazy to see Twitter, the majority, agreeing on a topic. Usually it's not that way. But, but yeah, I, I mean, that's that's what, like, when I got into golf, it was all about, like, what you said, I – you wanted Nike stuff because that's what Tiger used. You wanted to wear a red shirt because that's what Tiger wore on Sundays. 
and you wanted to like you just wanted to play like him. You wanted to be pumped up. You wanted to do the fist pump. You know, you wanted to show emotion. You wanted to like do all that stuff that Tiger was doing when you know, like when you're a kid and you try and impersonate whatever athlete you're looking up to. I mean, it was it was all about Tiger Woods. So. You know, I, I saw people talking about, like, asking, why is this such a big moment for so many people? And, I mean, like, for my generation, I think that's what it is because as kids, uh, that's what we loved. I mean, that, if you talk about golf, it was Tiger Woods. I mean, maybe for, like, Ted's generation, you know, with, like, basketball, it would be, like, Magic and Larry Bird. Right. You know, something like that. Maybe that's why some people are so connected with Michael Jordan. You know, like, and so – Personally, I mean, that that's why it was for me. And, you know, I, I was always rooting for a comeback. I was always wanting to see him. You know, he owned up to his mistakes. He admitted to it. You know, he did what he had to do to make amends. And, uh, you know, his health just kind of fell apart. So it's cool to see him work back and, and get this win. Did you guys see what else is awesome? Vegas is getting absolutely killed huh. right now. <laughs> and I love it. Like three different casinos, Darren Ravel tweeted, like three different casinos have lost like over a million dollars. Wow. Uh, this guy, this, here's a quote from Darren Ravel's Twitter uh, about uh, the guy's name is Nick Bogdanovich, uh, William Hill, U.S. Director of Trading. He said, it's great to see Tiger back, but it's a painful day for William Hill. Our biggest golf loss ever, but it was a great day for golf. I, very rarely do does Vegas go down, and Tiger Woods, he delivered it to the people. He brought them down. Yeah. I know you dabble in uh, the gambling world there. Did you happen to put any money down on Tiger? Because I know there was, know, there was talk uh, about uh, about that. I think a lot of people thought this was going to be the uh, the coming out party for Tiger, too, you know, and that's why Vegas took such a beating. It did kind of pay me. I was thinking about that. Uh, it's like Tony Soprano and the Sopranos. He bets instead of betting like his whole house on the Jets to win, he only bets like ten thousand, and the Jets end up winning, and he's pissed because he like lost. <laughs> right. It, it, that's like all last year. I bet on Tiger every single major just because you know, like if I if he wins, you know, I want to be a part of that. If he wins, I want to be a part of that. And just for for some reason, I just didn't get around to it this year with all like the buy bookie, uh, like Dave Portnoy, Barstool, Barstool saying it's a scam and everything. I was like, I don't know if I trust these offshore accounts. So it's like I decided to hold back, and I don't know if I ever got my payout, but of course the one time I don't bet, maybe, you know what, maybe it's because of me. That's why Tiger won. Because I didn't bet. I'm very bad at it. Maybe that's why Tiger finally pulled through. You didn't jinx him. Yeah, Jared, you brought up earlier about, like, Tiger not flinching all day. It brought back memories, too, of, like, the Tiger effect. Like, there was that stretch there for whatever, like you said, Ted, six, seven years where – it just I, I have to think that most golfers during that stretch from like ninety seven to two thousand six or whatever, like they just if Tiger was playing they almost just knew they didn't have a shot. And it almost seems like that Tiger effect kinda came back a little bit today because yeah. like I said, like Molinari was leading the whole day and all of a sudden he just like fell apart. He's hitting balls in the water and he's missing putts and he ends up losing by a couple strokes. And even I don't know if you guys thought the same thing, but on eighteen Right before Tiger got up to the green, Brooks Kepka was about to hit a putt. If he would have made a birdie putt, he would have came within one of Tiger and put a tad bit more pressure on Tiger, you know, to where, like, you can't bogey it because then you're going to go to a playoff. Mm-hmm. And he missed a he putt that he's been it, making, yeah. like, the last two years or whatever. And you have to think that Kepka was thinking that. Make this birdie putt, get within one of Tiger, put a little pressure on. And, I mean, he missed it. And, you know, I was just thinking, like, I, I saw some people tweet about it, too, that, like, you know, you have to wonder about this stuff, like this Tiger effect. Even uh, Tony Finau, he, he kind of, like, collapsed a little bit, too. I mean, he didn't, like, collapse, but, you know, he started bogeying holes, too. So you have to wonder if that, that Tiger effect was kind of coming back a little bit. 
I mean, I just wonder, do you think they know that literally everyone in the world is rooting against you right now? Because I feel like if they did know that, like, how does that not weigh on you? How does that not, like, take you down? It's, it's just... got to be in their mind. I mean, they hear the roars, you know. They know what Tiger's doing, and they know where the crowd's uh, affections are for sure. Yeah, well, they showed that video. I think it was it was the hole that uh, Tiger almost knocked in a hole-in-one, like 16, I think, and, like, that crowd went absolutely berserk. Right. And they, they cut back and showed the video. Brooks Kepka was about to tee off. And he like was about to approach his ball, and like the gallery went crazy, so he had to like back off. So yeah, you know that that's coming, and I mean, it, but like you hear the guys after, like when when they interview the reporters, when they interview the players, and they ask them about that, Dustin Johnson and whoever else. I mean, they love it. They all grew up just like us watching Tiger, you know. So like they get it and they love it, and you know what it does. I mean, there's a lot more people there. I mean, the Masters is always going to have a huge crowd no matter what. But, like, a lot more people watching on TV and a lot more people at, like, the other tournaments watching because Tiger is good. So it's only good for them, too. Well, you said the Tiger effect, and, you know, it's going to go the rest of this season for sure. Whatever tournaments he plays in, that television network's going to get huge ratings. And the weeks he takes off, the ratings are going way down. Agreed with that? Oh, yeah. Yep. The thing I, that I will say I do cringe is when he takes the hat off. <laughs> I, it's not a great look. I don't know what's going on with his hair. I, I wouldn't hate seeing him maybe just go with a straight shave. But it's just, I wish he could have the hat glued to him. And you know what's coming off as soon as the round's over. He's got to shake their hand. And it's just, I, I don't know. The way I picture Tiger's, you know, the 1997, like, perfectly cut hair, just looking good. Yeah. Young looking good guy. He either needs to shave it, like you said, or, or see LeBron's uh, hair surgeon. You're right. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, Scott Van Pelt, him and Tiger are like their buddies just because Scott used to work for the Golf Network and then he covers the Masters and everything else. So, like, him and Tiger are buddies. But I, his, whenever Scott Van Pelt interviews Tiger, it, it's great. So, I, I would assume he's going to on Sports Center tonight. But uh, he, Van Pelt always gives Tiger a hard time on the hairline, too. And <laughs> he always tells him, like, he's got to come home and just shave it off. So, it, it is funny. Well, Did you guys see? Oh, sorry to cut you off. I was just going to say, see? we'll continue on here. Hold that thought for just one second, Jared. We'll stay on the Masters and Tigers. But uh, I want to tell our listeners about Rivals Tap House and Grill. That's a spot where a lot of people were at today watching the Masters. And, of course, it's a spot to go watch the Pistons take on the Bucks, battling in the, their round of the playoffs. Head over to Rivals Tap House and Grill. Check out the coverage on the 21 HD flat screens and the huge 10-foot screen that's Rivals Tap House and Grill across from Meyer in Corona. Continue on, young man. Did you guys see, like, at the jacket ceremony, they had, like, the low amateur uh, Victor Hovland. He, yep. He's from, like, Oklahoma State University. And they asked him, like, what's he going to do, like, after he won it? And he said he's going to go back to school tomorrow. Do you think anyone on that campus will know what he did, like, or who he is? Because I bet, like, the third-string, like, quarterback is probably more well-known than him. And that oh, just kind of shows you I, where golf is, and it's just kind of funny to me. No, I, I get what you're saying, but I definitely think they will just because sure. we just said everyone was watching today. Everyone's all over Twitter. Everyone's all, you know, we're watching the, the, the Masters coverage or whatever. So I think, I mean, I get what you're saying, but I think a lot of people are going to know, like, and they're going to want to ask him, what, what was it like sitting next to Tiger? What did you say to him? What did he say to you? But maybe not. Maybe he'll show up on campus and he'll no, expect that I, and it won't probably- happen. You're probably right. You're probably right. The thing, like, and also the other thing is just, like, we really did kind of gloss over how incredible of a comeback this really was. I mean, like, just two years ago, when he was, uh, when he was like, at the Masters Champion Dinner, he was, like, telling everybody that he's probably never going to come back. Right. Like, two years ago. 
And yet, here he is. I, and another, I, I feel like I've been kind of narcissistic on this pod. That's the second time I've used that word also. Big word. Um, college. College. <laughs> I wish it was maybe like a birdie that won it. You know, the fact that it was a bogey, the fact that he was up two heading into it, there was never that really like, like hurrah, like type moment that I kind of just, I don't know, I really just kind of wanted. Yeah. But, you know, it was funny. You brought it up earlier, Matt, about his celebration. And uh, watching that, when he when he you know he sunk the putt and he kind of walked up there and was kind of it seemed to me like thoughts were just cranking in his mind when he bent over picked up the ball and then all of a sudden it kicked in and he did the the tiger celebration there was a, like a little pause there did you catch that yeah you almost wonder like if it, he almost had it like think for a second holy shit i just did this exactly you know, like he he made the putt he's made a million putts in his life but that one right there if he was like i just won the masters again and then, yeah, he picked the ball up and went crazy. Yeah. I mean, he kept going crazy the whole time he's walking through the gallery. He was slapping chance. high fives. I mean, it was yeah. crazy. And a bunch of people said they've never heard, you know, Augusta like that before. They've never heard the crowd chant like that for a player. I mean, it must have been awesome to be at. Now, on Jared's point, I, I'm not Googling this. I mean, you guys can do it if you want, or we can use it somewhere down the road. But as far as comebacks, this has got to be top five without a doubt when you look at the whole world of sports in history i mean where you know where would you rank this in the all-time comeback stories as far I as don't like even... an individual athlete yeah I, I yeah i think so yeah i mean i, I think the I, I did actually think about this earlier i was wondering if this would come up and you know like michael jordan maybe is one but he didn't necessarily yeah. have like at least that we know of uh the huge like personal issues you know like tiger yeah my problem just, yeah. And went and played baseball, and then he came back and was just as successful. So, you know, maybe Jordan, but maybe Muhammad Ali, you know. And yeah. Jail, and, you know. Coming out of the Army about, or out of, the, out of prison maybe and then coming back and regaining the title. That was, about that Virginia. Was big. How about Virginia just this year? Yeah, that's Losing a good 16 seed and then coming and winning the title the very next year. That's a good one to mix I in mean, there this year for sure. I don't like There really isn't any other, like, personal comeback stories that compare. He was the biggest – celebrity in the sports world and then he was at the very bottom and then here yeah. he is back again at the top I, it's just nothing can compare to that yeah this might be the very top i tend to agree with you like i said i, I just off the top of my head i think it is you know and also i got a question for you guys you know we've talked about it before a bucket list of uh sporting events you'd like to go to where would you where would you put the masters like a master's sunday being able to walk the final three holes with prime seats you know to watch I, it I've had this argument a lot, and a lot of people don't agree with me here. But I put Kentucky Derby number one. But the but you got to do the Kentucky Derby right. You, you know, full regalia, just the, like the nicest suit you've ever worn, flowerful colors. So I go Kentucky Derby, and then I would go Masters Sunday number two. Then probably Super Bowl three. Mm-hmm. Can I just before Matt before you give your answer, Ted? Like, what was it? Who was it that? What were you doing where you're not watching this? Oh, like, what it's was a long, so long story, Jared. I mean taking care of the parents and it's a long story but you know <laughs> family stuff family stuff yeah you got, like you said. man i, I mean what a, what a moment to be sitting here you, you caught the last couple holes but well yeah i, I will say this i i knew tiger was going to be in the hunt to the end i didn't i missed the number 12 and the the guys kind of falling apart so i didn't see that i'm disappointed about that but you know i talked about it on the last pod and again being a radio guy I actually had it on the radio listening to Mike Tirico taking over the, the Jim Nance duties on radio, doing a tremendous job. And you would think 
golf on the radio, really. But it was it was outstanding. It was very good. You know, I got the flavor of exactly what was happening. You know, I could picture in my mind's eye, that's what radio is all about, what was going on. And still, I got to go home and watch the last three holes on TV. Fantastic. Now, I, w- I did want to, th- Matt, go ahead and throw your list out. Well, I'll just say to that, that's not a bad deal because it's funny. Right before we recorded, I someone had tweeted out uh, Tarico's final call uh-huh. of when Tiger made that putt, so I listened to it. I mean, first of all, Tarico is he's one of the best in the business, so Absolutely. it's great. But his final call, yeah, like I was thinking in my head, okay, I watched it, him calling down the radio, can I picture it? And, and yeah, he did a great job. So, yeah, it wouldn't be that bad to watch it, or no, to, it to listen on the radio. But as far as the Masters bucket list, I, it definitely would. I, I'm with Jared. I, Kentucky Derby would be ahead of Masters for me. And to be honest with you, just because I want to travel over there and, and I want to go, like, leave the country and go do some other stuff, the Open Championship or the British Open, as some people call it, I would. I think I would rather go there than the Masters and wow. go see, like, where like golf started and go, go over there and, and experience yeah. the Open Championship over the Masters. I agree. I don't. I, I will never put anything about the Masters, but the British Open at St Andrews. I mean, that is pretty incredible right. as well. That would be right up there, without a doubt. I would say my number one would be a Lions Super Bowl. If the Lions ever make the Super Bowl and I'm still able to walk, I might have two artificial hips by that time. <laughs> uh, I will go to wherever that Super Bowl is, and I may not get a ticket to the game, but I am gonna go soak up the flavor of the surroundings. I'm planning on doing that if it ever happens. I would say the Masters would be right behind it. I mean, that is the greatest four days, five days if you want to go to the par three contest. It's just absolutely tremendous. It would be fantastic. I did I did knock one off my list a long time ago and went to a Rose Bowl with Michigan against USC. That was a pretty sweet experience, and they actually won the game. That would be cool. The Rose Bowl would be a lot of – did you go to the parade? Oh, yeah, did the whole thing, man, up at 3.30 in the morning and the whole deal. That'd be cool. Yeah, that was that was a fun one. But I, but I, I want to ask you guys this, too, uh, keeping it on the topic of golf. Have either one of you guys been to uh, a professional golf tournament, number one? And number two, if you have, do you enjoy that more than watching it on TV? Uh, I, I went when I was I, – I've, I've been to the Book Open three times. And I mean, I was a golf fan, but when you're like 10 years old, you kind of just want to play golf. You don't really want to watch it. And I remember we were just sitting like outside the putting green when they were uh, like all the players were coming off and they would sign a ball for you or whatever. And I just remember like my friend Cooper was like signing autographs and I was just kind of like sitting in the chair, like just just zonked out, just like tired, just ready to get out of there. it's, It's an awesome memory. I have like a bunch of autographs from when I went to the Buick Open, like a flag. I love it, but... I would probably rather – I could care less about a golf event unless it's a major, honestly. I feel like that's where all three of us are. Yeah. So the fact that it was the Buick Open – like, if it's the Masters, I would have loved it. Probably more than, obviously, watching it on TV. But it just wasn't a major, so I can't – it doesn't quite compare. I was going to say, if any one of us have been to a golf, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the Buick Open. But I never actually went to one of those. I wish I would have. Um, but, no, I, I haven't been to a professional golf event. I, I would – I'd love to go – I'm definitely a casual golf fan. I mean, I know the courses. I know the players. I'm normal tournaments. I don't watch all four days. Uh, you know, I'll tune in on Sunday or whatever when it's coming down the stretch. Now, if Tiger's leading, you know, that changes everything. But, yeah, I I, I haven't been to an event. I would go. If there was – there's an event here. There was one in Connecticut near Bristol. Uh, it was in Hartford that people would always go to. 
I never went. Um, there's a couple down here in uh, North Carolina that people go to. Like, I would go if I got free tickets, you know, or something. I'd want them in a lottery or, you know, something like that. But, you know, to just go to a non-major, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the, the thing about it, and, I, and I'm more of a TV guy to watch it because I've done the Buick Open, too, and the thing I found, the problem, I mean, there's so many people. To try and get a view to watch what you want to watch, you know, you have to pick and choose. And finally, we settled on uh, one of the par threes and just sat down and watched them pepper and try to get a hole in one. You know, we saw, I think, two or three hole in ones, which was kind of cool. But uh, cool. it's more of the atmosphere if you're going to go to a tournament, right? Right. I mean, I mean it's the yeah, same you're, thing. You're you go amongst people who, you know, are out there, you talk golf or, you know, just talk about whatever. And yeah, it's about the atmosphere. I'd, I'd say that's probably true for almost any sporting yep. event. You know, it, it's a lot. I mean, unless you're going to see your favorite team, but it's a lot about the atmosphere. But I, I, I was going to ask you guys, I thought about this when it was coming down. Tiger was on like 16, 18, and I was like, man, you know, because those seats at some of those holes, you have to like claim it, and it's almost like New Year's Eve in Times Square. <laughs> like, you can't leave your spot. If you leave your spot, you lose your seat. Move your feet, lose your seat, basically. How bad would it be if, you know, you know Tiger's leading, he's about to win this tournament? And you've got that spot on the 18th green, right in the front row, and all of a sudden nature calls, and you're like, uh-huh. "I gotta go! Like I gotta go now." Tiger's right there, about to tee off. I can't hold this. Like, what? You just go? Like, like yeah, on Dumb I, and I Dumber? Think... Just go, man. Or you if know, you did, get up and try and get back, man. That that would suck. If it yeah, if it does come down to that, you you just gotta go. But <laughs> the thing about the Masters is like, if you put your chair down, that's like your chair. So right. you, you, people get there at like five a.m. and they and you can't run, so you have to like speed walk to get to your spot. So like they, although like they might have to go to the bathroom, they might miss. You gotta go before Tiger comes up. That's basically what I'm saying here. Yep. Because it's not like you're gonna lose your seat if you leave. So right. it's not like when I'm at the movie theater where I, I walk out, some guy like cusses at me because I had to slide by him, and then I just decide to stand in the back for the rest of the movie, like I did for. Um, the Louis Zapparini movie, or Unbroken or Unbreakable or something like that. <laughs> so I probably would just stay there and pee because I there's nothing I hate more than having to like walk out of something like that. Well, so. I'm going to throw this out there. It's not a personal information on me, Jared. I'm going to warn you right now. But I have heard of people that have gone to concerts or gone to events like this knowing in advance they might lose their seat if they have to go to the bathroom and they wear adult diapers. So if you're in that situation, at least you're not pissing your pants, and the world can see it. You're taking care of business and no, going on yeah. with going on with life. I, I literally had a buddy that peed his pants at Fast Horses this last year. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not like he's ashamed of it. It's just, that's just not what you got to do. You got to bite the bullet sometimes. <laughs> we got more on the Masters, and also we're going to talk some Pistons. But check out SheridanAuctionService.com for info on upcoming auctions. They are currently accepting items for the April 23rd consignment sale. Call Troy at 989-666-6339 or 989-720-SELL. For other details, or go online at SheridanAuctionService.com for upcoming auctions. Now, this is going to probably change uh, the way that golf courses and country clubs operate with Tiger going with the fake turtleneck. Basically <laughs> basically a, uh, a glorified T-shirt, right? No collar. Kind of like a mock turtleneck. Yeah. I mean, guys for the last couple years... Uh, have been wearing it's basically like the golf shirt you know the polo just without the collar but yep. it's still got like the two or three buttons and i have a couple of those a couple of nike ones oh, they're really no. nice uh <laughs> but it's still like i said it's got the buttons so it still kind of looks nice like a golf shirt 
uh, the, the just like T-shirt with the mock turtleneck. I'm not really a fan. Tiger looks good in whatever he wants to wear, but yeah, I'm not really a fan of the mock turtleneck. Yeah, you hit the nail right on the head, Matt. I mean, Tiger looks awesome, awesome <laughs> in that mock turtleneck. But if I wear that, I'm getting laughed off off the course. I'm getting laughed anywhere I go where I wear that. You you gotta have a certain moxie and just body structure and just overall swag to you to wear that and rock it. And I just don't have that. And I feel like 99.9% of Americans don't have that. Yeah, he looked good in it for sure. And, you know, I don't know if the rest of uh, the golf world will switch to that, but I got a feeling you're going to see a whole lot of people with the mock uh, turtlenecks on the golf course the rest of this summer. Probably. And speaking of that, another thing that I've I've talked with with friends about a lot, uh, specifically this weekend, is like the golf golf clothes and i feel like not just the fact that you'd be getting paid a ton of money to golf every weekend but being a professional golfer i think being able to wear the golf clothes would be one of the coolest things some of those dudes i mean like you said jared certain statures brooks kepka dustin johnson these kind of guys they look cool as hell in the golf clothes that they wear if you get if you're getting them for free from your sponsors and stuff Man, that'd be awesome. It, I mean, I agree, Matt, but I would say this: like putting on like a football helmet, like picking the face mask, and like picking like your fa- like an awesome face mask that you think looks really cool. I think that's better than putting on uh, what Ted would wear to church on a Sunday morning. <laughs> well put, well put. <laughs> yeah, but the uh, football helmet. I mean, for the most part, unless you're Tom Brady or something, people don't even know what you look like. People, that that's what people say. Like. You know, fans don't really know who football players are because they're always wearing a helmet. They're always hidden. Golfers, I mean, they're just out there. They're they're looking good. And speaking of that, like along those lines, I don't know. I'd just bring this up now, a question to ask you guys. I think maybe we've talked about this before, actually, but is there a sport that you'd want to be a pro in more than golf? Because you can be top 20. You don't even have to win the tournament, and you're still making hundreds of thousands of dollars. You get to play at courses like Augusta National. You get the clothes that are awesome from your sponsors. And you usually get to travel around and golf. I mean, that's a pretty good life, right? Yeah. If I if I could be if I could like change species, I would want to become a professional racehorse. <laughs> uh, if you don't know their story, they basically run four races and then Out to you're start. basically having sex the rest of your life for so millions of dollars a pop. What's crazy but about that? Could... You might actually be too tall to be a jockey. I know that's pretty crazy. No, 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 no he wants to be the horse. He wants to be a horse. Well, we we know uh, I won't go there. Yeah. <laughs> no, but if, if it was a human, uh, yeah, professional golf. That's that's what you got to go with. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be whatever you want. It'd be tough to top golf for sure. I I've always leaned to be a pro baseball player, but. Uh, golfer's life if you're in the top 40 that's not a bad life is it not a bad life at all <laughs> just real quick on that rory mcelroy didn't have a very great tournament minus five still right. made a hundred eight thousand dollars not bad and got Adam to golf four rounds at, uh, Mickel- at the masters yeah phil mickelson who's got just a ridiculous amount of money obviously you know didn't have a great weekend minus six hundred sixty one thousand dollars weekend of golf wow it's interesting, too, what do they have to divvy out? I mean, does their caddies typically get 10%? Do they have agents? Do they have they have uh, swing coaches? I mean, how does that money get divided up? I'm curious about that. Obviously, the caddy gets a chunk. and Well, remember, I don't know, a couple months ago, Matt Kuchar, right. there was he had the, that caddy that he only gave like five grand to after winning a tournament, and it was like, what the hell, man? It's like cheapskate. It's like tipping someone 1% on a $200 bill or something like that. But, right. yeah, I'm sure there's a bunch of different agents. You know, whatever that they got to pay off. 
Yeah, and that's like it depends on the on each player. Like they kind of come to an agreement with their caddy, and I know that it's like for you cannot disclose how much they pay you because I know Tiger's like first cat, like one of his first caddies, like fluff, like fluff. somebody who's making like twenty percent or ten percent or something like that, and Tiger like fired him because of it. You do not talk about that. Wow. Well, golfer's life, that's not bad when you're successful, for sure. What about a caddy's life? That wouldn't be bad. That wouldn't be bad either. I When I was a young kid, they used to have, uh, at the Wasso Country Club, they used to have caddies. You know, they they walked the course. They didn't have the electric carts, and it was a great job for, like, uh, a middle school or high school kid to go out there and caddy for the golfers. Was it like Caddy Shack? Yeah, pretty much just like that. Nice. Yeah, always wanted to do that, but never had a ride to get out to the Wasso Country Club. I worked for a summer when I was in college, came back for a summer, and uh, I did a grounds crew at Chippewa Hills for a summer, and that was that was an awesome deal. They let me golf there whenever I wanted for free, so that summer I think I literally golfed every day and just like mowed lawns and weed whipped all day. So Yeah, I'm surprised Jared never got one of those gigs at Corona Hills. Mr. Gilmore, I'm your caddy! <laughs> I don't, yeah, no, they never caddy. No. <laughs> hey, I, I, this is going to be a, an off-the-wall question and probably sound mean, but oh, uh, nobody's talking about Tiger's girlfriend. And I think, I don't know, I'm sure she's a sweet lady, very nice, right? But, man, that get-up she had on today, I was thinking, Tiger, did you sell your soul to the devil? Is she part of a coven or something? <laughs> I, I saw the hat. And the I was, hat. Uh, kind of what we were talking about before. It looked like a Kentucky Derby type of hat. <laughs> uh, to be honest, when I was watching, I wasn't really thinking about that. I was just okay. Soaking it, soaking it's in just me and my moment. weird mind. Ted, you just can't win, Ted. You nope. just can't win in your eyes. You know, he had his sexual addiction problems, and now he's got a good girlfriend that he he is very loyal to. And then you just got to mock him for that. <laughs> just get off his back. I know. You see where my mind goes, man. You never know what this old man's going to come up with. And yet you're the one that's critiquing him for uh, sleeping around. I didn't critique him. I critiqued yes, you. you did. I critiqued you. It's two and different things. He does claim to be the only guy in America him. that saw Virginia double dribble during that game. That's right. Don't forget that. Yeah. How ridiculous was that, Matt? Am I the only one that kind of thought about that after? You did not see that in real time. Are you still he, calling he me out on that? I believe him. Thank you, Matt. There's no <laughs> way to prove you wrong, so I mean, I'm just going to look like a, like a dickhead here, but you didn't do it. Okay. Fair, <laughs> fair enough. Hey, Advanced Elevator Company, you know them. They feature top-of-the-line field technicians for installation, troubleshooting service, and repair of elevators, an area business leader, longtime supporters of the Corona Public Schools, and, of course, the Michigan State Spartans. Uh, anything else we want to wrap up on golf and Tiger, fellas? So, I mean, you, I, I was going to ask. We were talking about watching other stuff. So, like, say Tiger plays, and I don't know what tournament is next weekend. Definitely not a major. Like, does this get you in a little more? Or do, are we kind of back to, like, mostly the majors? Yeah, if he's ever in the hunt, I'm going to watch it. But I'm never going to watch it if he's, you know, battling to make the cut or something like that. Yeah, golf is a good thing to put on television. It's fun to watch, but it's also a good napping excursion. You know, if you want to lay on the couch, watch a little golf and take a little snooze, it's perfect for that. And if Tiger's not playing, it's even better. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, kind of the same way. A great napping. Also, baseball is, too. Absolutely. Yeah, baseball on, catch a nap from, like, the second to the seventh (laughs) inning. Perfect. (laughs) All right. Well, I think we covered uh, the Masters pretty well. And, again, congratulations to Tigers. Uh, I'm all in, Jared. I'm all in on Tiger, all right? There we go. Just so we're clear. 
Uh, Pistons, uh, we're recording this right after the Masters, so they're in action tonight against the powerful Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, Pistons kind of struggled down the stretch to make the playoffs. Do you think they have any chance at all? I know some of the playoffs have already begin, begun, and uh, the, the uh, visiting team stolen a victory on the road. Can the Pistons do the same? I mean, do they have a chance? Sure. Like you said, uh, the lower seeds have been doing well so far in the NBA playoffs, but I just saw Blake Griffin is out for game one. Oh. Um, obviously, oh, when people listen to this, we'll know how the game goes, but I don't think that bodes well for the Pistons. I mean, unless Ish Smith and Andre Drummond or Reggie Jackson just step up, but it's going to be tough. I mean, the Bucks are really good. I think if, if Blake Griffin was healthy, though, I do think the Pistons had a chance to win a couple games. Let me ask you this if he's out, because I thought unless there's something that we're not they're not reporting, I thought the medical staff there said he's cleared to play. He can't do any further damage. It just has to play with a pain. And if he's not playing with a pain and there's no further damage that can be done, why in the hell is he not playing? seems like his demeanor at some points during the season has been pretty like fed up with this team you know they would go on a couple like three or four game losing streak you know i don't know if he just doesn't think they have a chance to win so why risk furthering you know his knee injury okay um but yeah i mean there's that side to it that's like man it's playoff time right like go out there and play but well i mean yeah like it's kind of if he really is hurt and ted i don't know where you got your news from but i mean if that is the case then, yeah, he's got to be out there playing. Unless it's just excruciating pain. Right. I, I mean, you are, Ted, you are the same one that we couldn't record a podcast because of the pain that we required when you got your new hip in to walk <laughs> up the stairs. So, so you want to call me out for being hypocritical? I'll call you out for being hypocritical. Yeah, but you can't because I wouldn't, I wouldn't miss a playoff podcast. I'll tell you that right now. I would have crawled up the steps. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> one thing you got to know about me, young man, I am a gamer. There is no doubt about it. <laughs> Uh, wow. Play yeah, with pain. I mean, uh, what do you think they do in the NFL? They shoot them up. Oh, wow, and you're okay with that? Is that well, yeah, pain, yeah, cortisone. What the hell? That's what it's for. He's there to play in the playoffs. If now again, I'll 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 say I'm guilty as hell if he's got some kind of ligament damage or something. But if it's just a painful knee, get your ass out there and play. Come on, it's the playoffs. What? Yeah, that's I'm, I'm that's what you're doing. You. I mean, that's that's what I mean. Unless there's legitimate risk to further an injury. I mean, they have no so chance what, without him. What are you there for? <laughs> There's no chance at all without him. Slim chance with him, but he's got all offseason to rest. Well, I mean, health's always been, I guess, would you really want to risk potentially furthering, like, he's out for, you know, maybe now next year? No. I mean, injuries have always been, like, no. difference, like, kind of Achilles Hill, and that's what everyone said when we signed him to this five-year deal. You know, if he can remain healthy, it's, it's not a terrible deal, but it's can he remain healthy? And he was basically going balls to the wall all this whole season just to even get the Pistons to the playoffs. And, and like, what for? I mean, tickets are currently $36 <laughs> at Little Caesars Arena. I mean, no one's really watched. This, this was going to be – I don't even uh, – now I'm like, do I even want to watch this game tonight? Blake Griffin's out? Yeah, I know. I, just, I don't because it's going to get ugly. I mean, you got Luke I probably will. Luke Kennard, he has proved me wrong the last couple of weeks. I mean, he's shooting like 45% from three the last 10 games. But it's like, it, he's not going to draw me to the screen. Andre Drummond's not going to draw me to the screen. And you know who would have? Donovan Mitchell, who's about to go pound for pound with James Harden, the MVP of the league, Matt. What series are you really looking forward to here in the first round, Jared? Let's throw the Pistons out of the mix. First round series, uh, I mean, after Brooklyn beat the Philadelphia 76ers in game one, I mean, that's became that's what huge. I just need to watch. That's must watch. But the, the, the thing that I'm really looking forward to 
And Matt, you know I'm a big time James Harden fan. That potential round round two matchup, Warriors and Rockets, and I think it actually helps the Rockets to be a four seed because I heard Bill Simmons say this. I mean, you know that Chris Paul is going to be healthy for that series. Whereas if it's the Western Conference Finals, that's a whole another you know two weeks he's got to go to remain healthy. And basically, you guys know me. I hate the Warriors more than anything. I hate Draymond Green with his nut shots. I hate Steph, Steph uh, with his mouth guard. I hate. I definitely hate Steve Kerr, thinking he is like the most enlightened guy in the world. Get them out. So I guess my question to you is who do you guys think has the best shot of knocking them out? Is it the Rockets? Is it, is it maybe the Bucks in the finals? Who is it? I mean, if, if I'm being honest, full strength, I don't think anyone has a chance at beating the Warriors in a seven-game series. Because I think the Rockets push them seven, definitely. The Rockets are really good. But I don't, a game seven in Golden State, I don't think I would trust James Harden over Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and even Boogie Cousins and whoever else. So, like, if I had to pick someone, no, I'm not going to pick anyone. Uh, but I do think if Curry gets a little banged up, I think the Rockets could actually pull an upset. I know what I just said. But I think the Rockets, to answer your question, have the best chance of yeah. being the Warriors just because of the level that Harden is playing. And like you said, if CP3 is healthy, because last year the Rockets probably were going to beat the Warriors if CP3 doesn't get hurt. So uh, that, that's a series to watch right Matt, there, Matt, assuming they is, both get to the second round. Let's say, let's say James Harden. With the season he's had so far, you know, and the MVP com- competition with Gian- uh, Giannis, let's say that he ends up taking down a fully healthy Warriors team and he wins the title. Would you bend the knee and say that this is a better season than Kobe Bryant ever had? No. Oh, my no, goodness. I'm never going to say that. One, <laughs> one reason, well, one, because I'm a Kobe guy, but uh, Harden doesn't play near the level of defense that Kobe ever has. So, I mean, that that's the easiest thing right there. The other thing is I think – like, his stats are ridiculous. Russell Westbrook averaging a triple-double again, third year in a row. It's crazy to see the numbers guys are putting up. But I do think, like, the stats are a little inflated now. Like, I, this was the first year, I think in, like, 50 years I saw, that every team in the NBA averaged over 100 points a game. Like, the scoring is just out of control. So is it impressive the numbers that these guys are putting up? Yes, but that, that's, like, around the whole league. You know, when Jordan was doing it in the early 90s, he was, like, the only guy doing it. So it was impressive. I will say this about the Pistons. I'm, like, doing some research here, and they've had four winning streaks of at least four games and four losing streaks of at least four games. So if we can get hot against the Bucks, I mean, we, we who knows? I mean, who knows? When Blake was healthy just, like, three weeks ago or whatever, and they were up to the sixth spot. Yeah, they went up on that streak. really well. So, like... I, I don't know if his knee just – I don't know if, like, something happened where he hurt it or if it's just, like, fatigued or whatever you want to say. But without him, I don't think they have a chance. But So maybe that's why he's resting this game one. Maybe he's seen it Could as be. a seven-game series. Let me rest this game one. Okay, if we lose, you know, I'll, I'll come back game two, try and get it back to Detroit 1-1. But – um, yeah, they could get hot, and you know, like you said, Jared, your guy Luke Kennard, he's playing well, so we'll see. Well, it all gets underway tonight, so we'll have something to talk about next week, right? Yeah, hopefully they're not knocked out by then. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I don't, I don't think it'll be done by then. But no, I don't either. Hey, before we get another edition of Tedertainment tonight, I want to get Jared's thoughts on another event tonight, man. What a great weekend, huh? But i got to tell you about the Krona Connection, KronaConnection.com. They know it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on all that is Corona. The spring sports season is underway at Krona High, so keep up with the Cavs at KronaConnection.com. All right, Matt, hit the theme, man. Wait, Matt, cut the theme. I have one more thing i got to get off my chest for sports-related. Okay. 
So Charles Matthews, Iggy Brasdakis, Jordan Poole, they're leaving? You know what this is, guys? They're scared of MSU. They are scared of MSU. I think that had something to do with this, this, this decision, honestly. Everyone kept talking about, oh, how these two teams are returning. Michigan State was ranked number one in the preseason poll, Michigan number two. And now they're leaving? It's I don't, And I get the fact that they can pull back, but I don't know. That's not the vibe I've gotten from these guys. I think they're, they're gone, all three of them. What do you guys think? I, I mean, Matthews I think definitely is because, I mean, I know he could come back for another year, but he's a senior and he's already 22, so there, there's no reason for him to come back. I think that's similar with uh, Iggy. You know, coming from Canada, he's a, he's a 20-year-old freshman, which is kind of strange, but I think he's got, that's why everyone, like, was, you know, he's so mature for a freshman and everything like that. Well, I mean, he's, like, two years older than most freshmen in college, so um, I, th- I think he's definitely gone. He had a good year, you know, we've, we've talked about his play enough, you know, he had a good year, good enough to get drafted if he has, you know, a good combine and stuff like that. Poole is the one that I feel like, you know, like Matthews last year went through this process, and you know, people told him that maybe another year in college would help, so he came back for another year. I almost feel like that that could happen with Poole because he's got like he, you know, people hate on him all all they want. Like he's got a ton of talent. You can see all the talent. It's almost like like he just has to like figure it out. So I, he's the one I feel like might end up back uh, at Michigan. But I thought about that too, Jared. When when all of a sudden they all just left, I was like, man, if maybe they see Winston and all these guys are coming back and they don't even want to deal with hmm. Michigan State again. But I, I don't think it's that. I think it's simply that uh, they're ready to start their pro careers and start getting paid for, for their uh, talents. Did it come to come as a surprise? I mean, Matthews was no surprise, but the other two, to me, it kind of blew my mind. I mean, I, I get it, but I don't think Iggy is ready at all. And Poole, he, he won't be in the NBA for a while, if ever. Yeah, Poole, well, Poole is the biggest surprise to me. I, I thought the way he kind of tailed off at the end of the year that he'd come back uh, – I, I really I wasn't surprised Iggy left. I know, yeah, like we said, his his play, you know, kind of tailed off too, like Pools. But being that he's a little older than most freshmen, and one freshman of the year, he's got a lot of hype and stuff. I think maybe he sees it as like his stock is kind of high right now. So if mm-hmm. he goes has some good workouts, good combine, he'll get drafted late first round, early second round, and be in the NBA. Ted, I'm kind of surprised that you don't, you know. Kids these days, they take money. They they need to get a college education. I'm kind of surprised you're not on that boat. Oh no, no, I've I've kind of come around. I mean, the times have changed. You know, I am a little slow in uh, in looking at things in today's day and age, but I get it. I mean, if you're if you're there and you're going to be a pro, that's the decision you have to make. You know, you're you're there to get to the NBA, whether you leave after the first year or the second year. It's irrelevant the way the game is played nowadays. I think the biggest problem I have with college basketball, and I'm thinking they're going to change it, is is the ridiculous rule that they have to go for one year and can't go to the NBA right out of high school. I, I don't. I think if you want to make a living and you're good enough to be on an NBA team, why can't you go right out of high school? That's the thing that bothers me more than anything. Yeah, it, it definitely should be. I mean, just you know, my opinion too. It, it definitely should be the, the kid's choice because. There's the education they're getting and all that kind of stuff. But, like, a lot of these guys, they want to go play professional basketball. They don't want to go to school. Like, some people, you know, need to go to school for their profession. So to go for one year, it makes a mockery of the whole student-athlete thing. Like, that was the first thing I thought when Duke lost. And I was like, 
do you think Zion's going to go to class the rest of this semester? No way. You know, guys like that, like, they just lost. They know 100% sure they're going to the league. They're going to be making millions. Why would they go to, like, Bio 101? <laughs> Why would they go to those classes anymore? Well, since so we're makes, on the – It makes a mockery of that whole student-athlete thing. And, since, yeah, they need to change that rule. Since we're on this topic, I, I do have this – this question about the NCAA. It's a powerful, powerful organization, right? I mean, they got all, they dictate everything. But do you think it, we're at the point now where there might be a revolution? And I'm talking about paying the athletes, I mean, or at least allowing them to make money. I think we've all had ideas on the table. And I think the best idea is if you're a top notch athlete, football, basketball, for example, the high pay, the high uh, impact sports, you should be able to go out. And make money selling your autograph, selling jerseys. You should be able to do that. Then the NCAA doesn't have to worry about paying a salary. That's one way they can get by it. But if they don't start paying these big time athletes, is there going to be a strike? Is there going to be a revolution? I don't think there will be. I mean, they're a billion dollar business. I mean, they might lose some money, like if someone like Zion just doesn't go to the college or goes straight to the D League or something. Ted, are you are you ever going to stop rooting for Michigan? No, you know. So it's like people always mention like these competitive com- competing leagues. The NCAA is too big. You're not going to be able to bring it down. You're just not. I mean, they might lose some money, like fifty million, but what's that when you're making a billion dollars a year? Now, what do you think about the one and done thing, though? Do you think they should eliminate that and let them make their decision if they want to go to college or not? I just think it's it's kind of. I think that they should get rid of the rule, but I don't think it's as big of a deal as everyone makes it out to be. I think for all the people that it. Like, it hurts to not be able to go right to the league. I think it also helps some people who go to college and realize, like, I was would not have been good enough. Like, I would have been out of the league in maybe one year. That's not – no, that's not necessarily, like, the right way. The people who would enter the draft and then not get drafted, uh, like, which is what used to happen when the one-and-done rule was around. Some people would just get some dumb people in their life, in their inner circle, that would tell them you should go pro, like, get some money. And if they wouldn't get drafted, then they have to go play overseas. Whereas it wouldn't have hurt them to just go for college for a year. Yeah, that was actually a good that was a good good rule change that they put into place that they can come back, right? Yeah, they can come back. Uh, yeah, if they hire the agent. And yeah, because you should be able to go through the process. Go get evaluated by some scouts. Go to the combine. If they tell you, you know, maybe a year would be year back in college would be better. Cool. You shouldn't penalize a kid for wanting to see you know if he can possibly go to the nba or whatever and that like eliminating that rule and making it like say minimum two years if you go to college you have to say two years that would kind of what i was talking about earlier that would stop the whole mockery of the student athlete thing because however they get their grades you know that that's a whole other issue but they at least have to pass that first year of school to stay in school you know so you know these guys that are 100 percent one and done I mean, there, there's been guys before that go to the NBA, and they've they've said like they never went to class because even if you like fail all your classes fall semester, you know you're they're not going to kick you out after one semester, so you're there for basketball. But right, make them go for two years. That first year, they at least have to pass their grades. You know, make it to the second year, and whatever happens in that second year, you know, whatever. But it just boggles my mind that any other basically any other profession obviously if you want to be a doctor or you know certain things you do have to go to school i just think about like my profession if you want to work in tv you don't have to go to school if you want to try and get a job at espn or wherever else after high school you're free to try that why why can't college athletes do that here's a question for you jared up there in west michigan i mean if you had a chance to be any to any of their uh, their basketball games there do they draw any crowd the grand rapids drive yeah i actually went to the most attended grand rapids drive game 
of all time. It was like 5,000 people. It was Fear the Fro Night, and Ben <laughs> Wallace was there. That's nice. Um, was it a good atmosphere? I, I guess. The, the, the stadium kind of really sucks. Yeah. And it was like I was filming, and normally you kind of like either take a knee on the sideline or on the baseline, or you have to stand. Right. Like kind of behind everybody. There was like no – there's like they have these tables right behind the, the baskets for like – uh, like on the court seats or whatever with like cookies on them. And I just like sat there and filmed. There was like, there were <laughs> I, like, there, it was like, I don't know. There was, there was seats open next to the court, I guess is what I'm saying for their most ever attended game. Wow. Wow. Yeah, but that, I think that could be a way that like the G league, I feel like could be something that turns into almost like a good minor league system for the NBA. Like think about if uh, Zion Williamson, he would have been in the NBA. He would have been on an NBA team, but let's just say, Whatever team drafted him, the Knicks draft him out of high school, and they're like, you know what? We're going to, for the first month of the season, we want you to play in the G League for a little bit and get some minutes under you before we bring you up to the, the big league. You know, people would, that would sell out like crazy. Some of these high school phenoms, if they could go from high school straight to the G League, some of, I mean, I'm, would it sell out? You know, maybe not sell out, but it would be, there would be a lot more hype around it if there were some of these high school phenoms playing for the G League teams. Probably outdraw the WNBA. Yeah, so I I feel like the G League is something that, you know, and I think I saw the minimum uh, salary for the G League is $35,000 for hmm. basically four or five months of work. So, I mean, like, to play basketball for four or five months, thirty five grand that's not bad, uh, you know, but you got to do something else the rest of the year, I right. guess. So, you know, if you're not playing in the NBA. So, you know, I feel like they could do something with the G League, too. All right, can we talk some entertainment news now? Yeah. yeah. All right. Enough of that. Hit me up with the music, Matt. All right. We'll try to keep this somewhat short, but I, guys, that would I piss me off. That was Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Hit the music, Matt. <laughs> I just thought we'd talk about. Uh, I told you about the dirt on Netflix. I had a chance to watch it. Have you guys seen it yet? I haven't. But before you get into uh, your breakdown, I did talk to someone at work that. Like someone recommended to her, read the book first and then watch the movie because you know, like like most, she said the the movie skipped through a lot of stuff and you know condensed a lot of things. So she said the book was as crazy as you're about to tell us as the movie was. She said the book went into so many details and was just like insane. The thing that the stuff that Motley Crue would get into. Well, that was a perfect segue because I was going to kind of give it a negative review i mean the movie itself it was it was okay it was an okay movie you know maybe uh out of three pod stars i might give it one and a half it was a mediocre movie but it showed you everything pretty much in a two-hour block on what it's like to be a rock star i mean you know they always say sex drugs and rock and roll i will say this if you watch it the opening scene it was it took place at a post-concert party it probably had a surprise that I have never seen in a mainstream movie. Okay, this is a kind of a PG-13 podcast. I won't say what it was, but I'm just telling you, if you just want to tune into it and watch the first 10 minutes and watch that first scene, it'll blow your mind. Uh, Jared Jared probably has it queued up right now. (laughs) No, the movie, movie, I mean, it's not a great movie, but were you entertained? I mean, it's a Netflix movie. Oh, yeah, I I was was entertained. entertained. I I was glad that I watched it. I mean... I'll never watch it again. But for those two hours, I was entertained. And for its purpose, I mean, it's about Molly Crew. 
I mean, what do you want here? Uh, like Pride and the Preju- Pride and Prejudice. Like it's it's a it's a movie about Molly Crew. No, no, it, I agree with you. I thought the script was a little weak, but I thought the acting was pretty decent. You got the whole concept of what went on. I, I agree with you. It was worth watching on Netflix. I wouldn't give it high reviews. Like if 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 we're gonna look down the road at uh, rock movie biopics. I mean, where do you have? To, you know, I wouldn't put Bohemian Rhapsody at the very top, but it's it was a pretty good movie. Uh, I would say maybe The Doors. That was a that was a great one, and and there's other ones out there. This one I would say was okay. It was entertaining, like you said, and you said you saw it, Jared. Yes, I've seen it. You know the what the opening scene I'm talking about? I don't. I I, I I'm guessing it's a. Uh female private part ah, but i have yeah, no clue it, it was well you, did you you have to watch it again and see what happened to that female i'll leave it there okay oh, wait yeah i know what you're talking yeah i know what you're talking about yes actually okay. yeah we probably can't show that on the pod yep. R- right right uh i heard that i heard that machine gun kelly i don't know if you know who that is Ted, yes, but yep machine gun kelly he was one of the actors he's a rapper but what's so but you said the acting was good was he a decent actor oh he was i thought he was the best out of the four of them i'm nikki the guy that played nikki six was good uh you know uh the guy that played was uh machine gun kelly he was uh tommy lee wasn't he yeah tommy lee yeah. yeah he was he was probably the the breakout guy in the movie i thought okay yeah and the guy that played uh, mick mars he was pretty good too so it, it was okay like i said one and a half uh stars on the three-point pod uh here's one i've got jared just, Reckon, to, just Jer- to remember was bohemian rhapsody three out of three uh yeah it was probably two and three quarters out of three i would okay. say okay yeah um, Jared gave me a recommendation to watch Employee of the Month, and I had to verify it was the right one today. Um, Employee of the Month, <laughs> starring Dane <laughs> Cook. Uh, and it's a classic. Je- and Jessica Simpson. Uh, you know, I kind of go along with a couple of uh, critics. There's one here, uh, he says, Peter Travers of Rolling Stone. There are people that think that Cook is funny, but you won't find any evidence of that here. Um, Jessica Simpson. <laughs> Rarely has an actress exuded such blank nothingness as Simpson, a one-woman vapid delivery system who sucks the energy and joy out of every scene she's in, like some freakishly well-endowed, well-endowed black hole. <laughs> I will say this. This, was, uh, this movie took place when Jessica Simpson was at her prime, and she, was, uh, she definitely was a fine-looking woman. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she's very bad at acting, and I'm not a huge Dane Cook guy, but... The this whole storyline of Vince like Downey having the fastest like ring, uh, so for people who don't know, this movie is about like uh, basically like a Meyer employee, uh, and like so Jessica Simpson supposedly it's in her file that whoever wins Employee of the Month she'll like sleep with. So Dane Cook like had previously never cared about being Employee of the Month, and his other guy that he works with like that he hates Vince Downey, who's played by like Dax Shepard, is like quote unquote the fastest like check up check up like ring speed in the midwest in the south or the southwest region and it's like girls are like cheering for him like they're like they want to like be with him like he's a superstar at this restaurant and I, just that whole the fact that he's just like a celebrity gets a steak like paid for at a steak restaurant it's just like it's i just think that's hilarious and i just i don't, I don't look at a comedy movie for nitpick every little thing did it make me laugh yes does it have some great one-liners that you can repeat yes Hmm. That's the generational thing there. I can tell you that. I uh, I thought it was okay. It was worthwhile to watch, but it wasn't like I've seen that formula time and time again. I mean, it, you know, how about a little creativity? You know, it, it's the same plot we've seen in many movies with just a few different twists. You know, and uh, you know another example. It's more like uh, Costco or Sam's Club, not Myers. Yeah. 
right? And I think there's even a TV show now called Superstore or something like that that kind of similar. It, you know, it was okay, but <laughs> I was surprised that you thought that was hilarious and funny. <laughs> it's hilarious. Maybe it is a generational thing. Matt, have you ever seen that Employee of the Month? When I was in college, Dane Cook was like getting big, almost right. you know, like we talked about Tiger earlier. Dane Cook was getting big. So I was a big Dane Cook fan early in his career. So I, I did watch it because I was a Dane Cook fan, but I I, I don't really remember it. <laughs> it wasn't memorable. I remember thinking it just wasn't that funny. Um, and it's funny, you gave it that assessment, Ted, that it was like very generic and almost like a bunch of other movies because that's what Dane Cook actually got like ripped for you know, later in his career that he was stealing jokes from people and, and copying other comedians' bits. So uh, that that movie got the same critique. So, yeah, I'm, I'm actually surprised you made it through it, Ted, to be honest. Yeah, well, once I got into it, I stuck with it, but it was tough. Did any parts make you laugh out loud? N- not one part made me laugh out loud. I might I might have smiled a couple of times. But... <laughs> you, you just wanted to hate that movie so bad. No, no. Just... Didn't, didn't you find it kind of funny that I texted you and said, you're talking about the movie with Dane Cook? Because I looked online because I wanted to check out the reviews afterwards. And what? It, what's the ending? What's the ending? Yeah. Uh, well, let's see. They had, they had the uh, checkout battle between him and the other dude. <laughs> Right. Okay, so you did watch it. I just, I didn't, I, I just want to make sure you weren't just going off of reviews. Yeah, and, and Pedro rolled up in his souped-up car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it is what it is. I yeah. recommended it to you. I thought it was funny. I honestly was very curious. I, I, I knew it was either going to be you absolutely hated it or you absolutely loved it, and it sounds like you pretty much hated it. Well, it was in the. It, like I said, I would never recommend it to anybody to watch. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Do you ever watch like Black Mirror, which I recommended? To I you haven't got to that one yet. I will check. Right, well. the, I will check that out. The, the, the other one I watched on Netflix, it just popped up and caught my attention. It was, uh, uh, for, it was on PBS last year, but now it's on Netflix. Ted Williams, the greatest hitter who ever lived. I don't know if you guys saw that at all or had any interest. It's about baseball, so Jared has no interest. But it, yep. it, it was very well done. I, there, there were some factoids in that uh, documentary. It was only an hour long about Ted Williams that uh, I did not know. I did not know that, you know, his mom was a Salvation Army uh, worker. She would be on the streets, you know, hitting the kettle. And uh, he grew up, uh, I didn't even realize he was Hispanic. He's half Hispanic. And, uh, you know, his his life as a youngster, he was dirt poor and made it to the major leagues. Maybe the greatest hitter of all time. Five prime years of his career, I did know this, was serving this country. So you got to salute him for that. He was a four years pilot in World War II. And uh, came back for another stint, a year stint during the Korean War, all during his prime. And he had one of the greatest finales of a professional career ever. His last at bat, Fenway Park, home run to right field to end his career. Now, how sweet is that? Yeah, it was pretty awesome. I have seen that uh, documentary. I've seen a couple clips, mm-hmm. and then I've seen it advertised. I'd, I'd watch that. I'd be interested in that. Yeah, it was very. I, I'll give a recommendation on that one. All right. Yeah. It's, it, that's a double whammy. You got baseball, and you have PBS, and you have my Two recommendations. I, I'm, I'm out on them. <laughs> I'm out on those. All right, time for you to perk it up, then, Jared. You know, we're recording. Well, before we get to that, I don't know, whatever show Jared's going to talk about. Apparently, a lot of people watch that show. But uh, I did watch uh, Highwaymen. Oh, yeah. You, you talked about it on the last Entertainment Tonight. Uh, I'm Kevin Costner fan, and, and Woody Harrelson, too. But I thought it was really good. Like good. you said, it wasn't, like, amazing. Right. 
Uh, Kathy Bates, you know, she's good too. But that that story, I'd like to see. I, I told my wife after we watched it, I'd like to see. You know, you're talking about PBS and documentaries, like a five part good legit documentary on Bonnie and Clyde. I I just feel like that would be really interesting to see some of the like behind the scenes stuff, you know, footage, yeah. interviews with cops or whatever. Um, cuz that's a really crazy story. Like you guys talk about the after they shot him up in the car and there was basically like a parade, people were trying to just touch him when they're all like Yeah. shot up in the car and so I looked up online and you know that was all true and everything and people were trying to like get hair or you know take clothes off of them and stuff and weirdos it's just wild yeah. but yeah the movie the movie was good 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 that one lived up to the hype all right jared it's your turn you got anything going on tonight yeah it's game of thrones um night and let me just say you two are the worst type of people just like everyone's so in on game of thrones that you guys like feel like you're just going against the grain i mean we got contrarian contrarian matt acting like he doesn't even know what's on tonight have fun when i'm watching it and enjoying the best show on television right now Ted's going to be sitting there watching Dateline. And Matt, you're going to be, uh, what are you going to be watching tonight, Matt? NBA? Yeah, some NBA probably is what I'm going to be watching. So I guess when you guys want me, you guys want me to give you like a general gist of what the show's about? Or... Well, maybe for the people like us that don't watch it, maybe people on the pod that haven't watched it, give us your little synopsis on why people should be Game of Thrones fans. You have, okay. You have million-dollar battle scenes. You have CGI dragons. You have sex. You have incest, whether you like that or not. Some <laughs> people, maybe some of our listeners are into that. <laughs> you have just like great. It's got great scripts, Ted. For you, Mister Review Man, it's got a great script to it. Everything's really well written, and it's just you're part of a family. Everyone's going to be tweeting about it tonight. Um, if you can't, if you even if you Ted, even if you haven't watched like the previous seven seasons, I would just watch the episode tonight, hmm. just so that you're not left out. Mm-hmm. Same with you, Matt. Uh, I don't know if you have HBO like Ted does. And actually, Ted, I was meaning to ask you. Um, I currently don't have HBO. Um, do you think I could borrow your password and log in? I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't think so. It'll every every friend you have will have it. <laughs> all I know, yeah, it's probably smart because. Next thing you know, like you'll what the heck are all these after dark movies? Out here? <laughs> Jared sounds like the dude that scammed him out of twenty bucks the other day. Yeah, that's a whole nother story. For yeah, sure. that's a that's a twenty minute story right there, Matt. We'll, we'll save that one. But so, really, where would you put that? Well, I, I'll give you the perspective here. You can compare it to. I know you've watched the entire run of The Sopranos now, right? Well, I, I have three episodes left. Oh, like okay. I said, uh, I told you in private. Um, I got locked out with three episodes left. Oh, and shit. That's like I right. said, I don't have an HBO password. That's why I was asking. Oh, you I got you. I got you. Sounds like you're not in on that. Um, I thought it's on Netflix. They're right up there. It, but I, I thought it's on Netflix now. Sopranos? Or no, on Amazon. It's on Amazon. Oh, I didn't know that. I will definitely watch it then. Yeah. Well, um, but you've watched it up to the last three episodes. Yeah. It, How do you compare the two for TV viewing? Sopranos, like Mafia and that sort of stuff is a little bit more my speed. So I probably prefer The Sopranos over it, but Ted, the fact that, and you know how good The Sopranos is, the fact that it's even a debate shows you how good Game of Thrones is. Okay. Uh, And, you know, I I know you dog on me because I'm not on top of everything that is current, okay? But it doesn't bother me that I'm not on top of the pulse of the hottest thing going. Here's an example for you. 
Um, Breaking Bad. Everybody was talking about Breaking Bad when that was doing its run, right? And I, I kept thinking, man, what's that all about? I should watch that sometime. Never got around to it. And finally, it came out on, uh, I think AMC had the full package on, on demand, and we started watching it. It might have been six months, let's say, after the run. And it was. It was what everybody said it was. It was. It's one of the greatest television experiences I've ever had. Breaking Bad, The Sopranos, I put them pretty much one, two. The Wire, I don't know if you, either one of you guys have seen The Wire. That's also tremendous television. Comparing the like the Breaking Bad, like watching it live to Game of Thrones is nowhere near the same. And why you know, is that? Why is it? Because everybody's I, I get, talking about it and it's yeah. on Twitter. Is that why? I will say this: you don't bother me without you. Yeah, I, I can understand with what you're saying, but when you're like Matt, who goes out of his way to like tweet about like you know what's on TV tonight, like I won't be watching it. Everyone knows that Matt doesn't watch Game of Thrones, and that's I love just it. the worst. I love doing it at work, and people start talking about Game of Thrones or. Star Wars is another one that people start talking about. And be like, "What is that? That's like uh, there's a bunch of aliens in that movie, or bunch like, of geeks, a bunch of ships that explode, or something oh, like that." People get so pissed off. I love it. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like you look down, Ted. You like look down upon people that watch it, like geeks, nerds. No, I, see, it's that's true. Right. I, that's what I tell people. I I haven't seen Star Wars. I've seen a couple of clips, or whatever. Oh my! I haven't God. seen Game of Thrones. I I can appreciate. Why people like it? I'm sure it's great. I know a ton of money, like you said, the acting, the writing, it's awesome. I just, it's not my thing or whatever. And and like we've said before, now I'm seven seasons behind, so I'd have to spend three months or whatever catching up if I watch it straight. So it's just probably never going to happen. So in the meantime, I'll just bust people's balls for for watching it. Yeah, but enjoy it tonight, Jared. I mean, it sounds like uh, man, you can't wait. I can't. I cannot. What time's um, it come yeah, on? Yeah, like I said, uh, HBO Password. Probably could use that. 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock? <laughs> 9 o'clock is when it'll come on. Here's another question for you. Yeah. Since you don't have a password, I mean, are you going to get together with some of your some of your friends there and have a Game of Thrones party? What I've been doing is I keep subscribing for the free seven-day trial, and then I unsubscribe. <laughs> ah. And then I resubscribe, and then I unsubscribe. That um, works? I'm running out of email addresses and uh, cards. <laughs> is what in credit cards is what I'm running into here. Okay. I got two days left on my um, on my subscription, so I'll be able to watch tonight. But after that, I, I'm gonna have to scrap and find somebody. <laughs> I will not pay the fifteen dollars. Wow! And you're that big a fan, you won't spend fifteen dollars. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it. Okay. I, I just, I'm gonna. Someone else is gonna pay the fifteen bucks for me. I got gotcha. you. Somebody, AKA somebody, somebody in Grand Rapids uh, on their way to an ATM, maybe. <laughs> Potentially, that's what you have to do. That's scam to pull. <laughs> yeah. Go out on campus and be like, "Hey, I'm a trustworthy guy. I need fifteen dollars for my HBO Go account so I can watch Game of Thrones. Can we walk up to the ATM and get it?" And guess what, Matt? I would pay for. I would pay them back, plus some. <laughs> I, I, I did, would rather. Yeah. This is what my dad told me. About that whole scenario, and for the listeners, who they probably have no idea, so this is basically an inside joke. I got completely scammed out of 25 bucks. Long story short, the guy needed gas money, told me he's going to pay me back the next day. He gave me a fake number, wasn't him, fake name, everything, can't find him. Scam me out of 25 bucks. I would rather have that happen to me time and time again than live in a world where I'm, you know, looking over my shoulder constantly, never trusting anyone. I'm fine with that. So I'm going to get burned sometimes, sure. But guess what? When 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 my nephew comes asking for an HBO password, I'm not going to be the one that's not giving it to him. That's not going to be me. It'll never be me, Matt. Fair enough. Fair go, enough. I'm pretty sure a lot of these services now have caught on, 
HBO Go, do they have it set up where like only one people can one person can watch it at a time? Yeah, that's the problem we're running into because my dad and my old my brothers all watch it. So, but I can't watch it at the same time they will. So that's the problem here. Uh huh. Well, good luck watching. I mean, you'll have fun tonight, and then good luck, uh, you know, getting the service for the, what five more episodes after tonight. Yes. Kind of strange. Only a six week run. But each episode's over like an hour long, so. Okay, well, hopefully they wrap it all up in a nice package and have a good ending, and, you know, then it's on to the next one. Well, you know what's going to happen, though, Ted. You know how these things go. The final episode, everyone's going to be upset with it, something stupid's going to happen, and then they're going to want to have another movie about it or something like that. We're going to get more Game of Thrones, and it's just going to be, that's going to be the talk of everything. Well, they did that with, they did that. The Sopranos, right? Well, they did that with Walking Dead right yeah yep. they uh, the sopranos is coming out with a prequel and they did it brilliant prequel. they did it brilliantly with uh with breaking bad and uh better call saul i mean yeah that's just as good as breaking bad there'll be more game of thrones to come well before we wrap up this show and get our final thoughts out check in with the folks at card service michiana they offer credit card setup and equipment for both new and existing merchants guaranteed to save you money no contract no monthly minimums or early termination fees call 574-238-1397 or contact us right here at three point pod all right guys we've had a good podcast here i think tonight Uh, a lot of varying topics headlined by tiger winning his fifth masters anything else we need to get on the table before we sign off I was going to just bring something up quick. I don't know if you guys saw something funny that was going around on Twitter and stuff this week. So uh, do you guys know what the those the Q code is? It's like the barcode that you scan with your phone. Yeah. You know, it's that, like, square with all the weird weird dots and everything like that. So did you guys see that some dude, he got a tattoo on his calf? Actually, like, a super cool idea, really cool idea, but the, the spin is kind of funny. So he got one of those tattooed on his calf. He's a soccer fan of some soccer club overseas. I'm not sure what league or what team, but, and what the code, when you scan it, it would take you to YouTube and the highlight of his team beating like their rival. Oh, so like in theory, you know, you, he's got this tattoo on his, on his leg. Boom. You scan it. It's a highlight. It'd be like a Michigan state fan getting it for the trouble with a snap game against Michigan. You know, every time you scan it, boom, trouble with the snap play comes up. Wow. Funny thing that happened was, YouTube took it offline because of copyright infringements. <laughs> uh, now he's got he's got a tattoo on his calf that when you scan it, it goes to the YouTube screen that says like video not available. Oh my that's, god! Yeah, that's the kind of thing that I would have like if I had like a sleeve of tattoos, I, I would throw that on with a couple of things like that. But if it's just a lone tattoo, that's bad. Yeah, pretty cool idea though, right? Interesting story. I like that. Yeah, that fact, and you know, this is my old man coming out in me here too kind of same topic you know the tigers and i think most of major league baseball now have eliminated paper ticketing did you hear that no i didn't hear that yeah tigers no one's buying tickets to go to comerica you got to do it on your phone you got to do the barcode thing off off your phone i mean i i can see i mean to try and reduce waste you know paper usage i guess is that is that their intention that's their intention but again doesn't that doesn't that uh I mean, most people have a smartphone, even this guy does, but a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't, or it doesn't work properly, or you get to the stadium and the battery dies. Yeah, I mean, I just... A bunch I, of other stuff that could go wrong. And the so, other yeah. thing, I've got, you know, and I know this is the old man, you know, from all these events I, I used to go to, concerts and whatnot, I still have the ticket stubs. It's kind of a neat little keepsake. 
those are long gone. Yeah, that is cool. I know that was definitely a thing with concerts or old games. Uh, my dad used to save every like race that we would go to the ticket stubs. Right. Um, so yeah, I know that was definitely a thing back in the day. So that's yeah. A bit... When you when you print off your ticket from StubHub or whatever, it's, that's not as cool. Not as cool. In fact, I, I this is this will just blow your mind as we wrap this part up. So in uh, the Tigers were playing the Giant or the San Francisco Giants in the World Series, right? I went to the Lions game that day. And then the Tigers were playing game four that night. They were already down 3-0, so you knew they weren't going to win the World Series. But we decided to stick around in the freezing cold and see if we could get into the stadium and watch a World Series game. And the scalpers weren't budging on their pricing. With The cheapest ticket we could get is 125 bucks. Finally, some guy came up and had tickets. And they weren't good seats or anything, but they were like 100 bucks. But they were on the copy paper printout and not an actual world series ticket so we said the hell with it we're not doing it that was the mindset yeah i wanted my souvenir ticket yeah i mean that used to be a huge deal i know like the the concerts were the biggest one i feel like right. saving your concert ticket stuff i heard you chuckle jared i knew that that you'd think that is the I dumbest mean, thing ever God. i think it was dumb just trying to go to that game <laughs> down 3-0 <laughs> well bucket list world series you know in 84 uh, I did get in on the lottery and get this. I might have told this story one other time. Uh, I, I got in the lottery. I got notice from the Tigers that I had, if there would if there was a Game 7, I had Game 7, I had four Game 7 tickets. I still have them printed out, okay? And uh, the, only, the only key was the only way they would have a Game 7 is they would have played the Cubs. The Cubs in the Divisional Series went two games to none up, ahead of the Padres, and then promptly lost three straight games. And so the Padres went to the World Series. Game 7 was going to be in San Diego. So I, oh, I was man. out of luck. Yeah, so, that kind of sucks. Yeah, that so that did suck. So I, I guess we'll end on that note, unless you got something else. No, uh, I mean, what a day it was. Tiger Woods, just can't believe it. It's surreal. Yeah, it was, it was a great day in sports for that very reason, without a doubt. All right, well, that's it for now. If you enjoy the show, share Three Point Podcast with all your friends and family. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, TuneIn, or other podcast hosting sites. Give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Three Point Pod. Thanks again to our Three Point Podcast partners, Advanced Elevator, Sheridan Realty and Auction Company, Rivals Tap House and Grill, The Corona Connection, and Card Service Michiana. Also, be sure to check out our new friends at Sports Radio Detroit and Midwest Sports Network for their great programming, including Three Point Podcast. This has been a Three Point Podcast production in conjunction with Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5 The Castle. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Three Point Podcast. Just one more night and I'm coming on this block and winding road. I'm on the way. I'm on the way. Oh, sweet home. Tonight, tonight.
time with nothing. 